Hello, humans. Welcome to my podcast for inspired souls that are looking to improve and grow upon their already wonderful lives. I am your host, Sabrina Victoria, and this is episode 81. It is December 17th, Monday. Winter break is coming up for some of your children. Some of them are going to be left at home alone for the first time while you go to work. Others will be sent off to a winter cap, and others are going on an awesome vacation with you. Either way, let's talk about these minions that run around your house. Let's talk about empowering them so they can grow up to be powerful adults that are capable of taking care of themselves. Join me. She has no business giving advice because all the so-called social norms are against her. But she's here in your world to give her slightly biased, in-your-face opinion on how she thinks you could human better. Follow now to catch all her inspirational words on life, business, love, and learning to empower yourself. And now, your host, Sabrina Victoria. Beautiful humans, today is Monday, 8.20 a.m., December 17th. I certainly hope everyone had a fantastic weekend, and I certainly hope that you guys were productive today. So anyways, today I wanted to talk about empowering your children. I know that there are so many different thought processes on how to do this. And I'm not going to get into um, discipline. I'm not going to be getting into gender gender stereotyping. I'm just going to stick to the basics, uh, not looking to ruffle any feathers at the moment. So I thought I would just put together a simple list on a few things that I have done successfully with my child. Um, He has grown up to be a very independent and loving, calm individual um, who is very decisive and able to make uh, quick decisions and knows what he wants for the most part at the age of 14 years old and uh, is able to communicate his thoughts to myself, to his teachers, and uh, to the people around him. So I thought that it would be... uh, encouraging to know that it is possible, number one, and number two, to give you uh, parents some tools that you may not have known about to um, possibly help you guide your children as they grow up, especially those of you who have young children. So I started a lot of this stuff when my boy was small, uh, all the way down to before he could speak. I was already allowing my child to make choices from a very young age. And not only did I allow him, but I encouraged him to make decisions that were directly related to him, right? So even so much as allowing him to make decisions on what to eat for breakfast. Now, I didn't give him a roundabout what do you want. I would give him maybe two choices to choose from. Do you want toast or do you want cereal? 
Um, when it comes to picking out his toothbrush, what color toothbrush do you want at the store? And he would be allowed to sit there and pick out what toothbrush he wants. Same with picking out his clothes. I know a lot of you parents love your children to look a certain way or dress a certain way. But this is the thing. If you are buying clothing that is conducive to uh, your lifestyle consistently, then it really shouldn't matter what they want to wear. Um, I always, from a very, very young age, the very first things that I was allowing my child to do was pick out his own clothing. The moment he could kind of walk around and open drawers, he was allowed to pick out what he wanted to wear for the day. And I would dress him in that and get, that gave him a sense of independence. Um, the, oh, the other reason why I did this was I wanted him to realize that he did have choices. See, when children are growing up, there's a lot of things that they don't have any control over. And I do believe that this is what gives a child a sense of um, <clears throat> powerlessness, a sense of uh, frustration, uh, not really feeling like they have any control whatsoever. And this is what causes rebellion a lot of time because they don't have the, the feeling of being an actual human. See, humans need and want the ability to be able to control their world. We were given the ability of free will, as you will, and um, that is part of it. And they feel that as they're growing up. So although they can't make decisions on whether or not they wanted to go to the store with you or not, they can't make decisions on what babysitter they want. They can't make decisions on necessarily what they're having for dinner. You do want them to have a few things that they are in control over in their world and not only allow them to have control, but allow them to know that they have control. So I always voiced to my son that this was his, these were the things that he could um, uh, choose from, right? I would always let him know, hey, listen, you have choices. These are the choices. These are the things in your world that you're allowed to have choices over. And this would give him a sense of independency. And this would give him a sense of also confidence. Because when he picked out his clothing, I would always say, wow, you look so amazing. Wow, you did a great job today picking out your outfit. And this would make him stand taller. This would make him feel... Um, powerful. The other thing that I would do a lot of times is I uh, raised my son without any sort of candy, chocolate, no sodas, no Kool-Aid. I min minimized his sugar until he was probably around 11 years old when it was introduced to him at school. Uh, what his dad was doing with him, I'm not really sure, but as far as I am concerned, I kept him on a very strict, um, sugarless, like man-made sugar diet. So his desserts were predominantly fruits. So grapes, watermelon, cantaloupe, pineapple was one of his favorites and still is, raisins. And when he would be finished eating his dinner, I would allow him the choice to pick a fruit. Now, when he picked his fruit... I would always compliment his choice. So if I he picked strawberries um, or 
pineapple or whatever it was, I would always say what that fruit was capable of doing. So let's say I gave him a decision between eating an apple or eating pineapple after dinner. If he picked pineapple, then I would say, oh my gosh, good job, Elijah. This is going to help your immune system. If he picked the apple, I would say the phrase, an apple a day keeps the doctor away. And it also keeps your teeth nice and clean. And this gave him the sense that he was making really good decisions in his life. It gave him the sense of feeling as if he was smart and capable of making good decisions. So this is just, um, you know, obviously a tidbit of the things that I would do to help my son realize his power, uh, to realize that he had a, a choice in life and that he could actually um, control or have a say in what's going on in his little tiny world. And these are little things that are not going to disrupt your life. These are little things that are going to give him the sense of power. This way, when you're making the bigger decisions, you know, such as, no, you can't have that toy or no, we can't go get ice cream. He is not as rebellious because he does know that there are certain things that he does have choices over. See, if you don't give your child a choice to do anything, if you are constantly doing every single thing for your child, as he grows two, three, four, five years old, there is going to be a time when he feels control or powerless he is going to feel as if he has no control. And, you know, my son never went through the terrible twos ever. And I think the reason why was because he had a sense at the age of two, he already had a sense of power. I believe that terrible twos comes with the frustration of not being able to make any decisions. If you could just think for a moment of how frustrating it would be as an adult to be told what to eat, what to wear, how long to go to work, uh, when to leave to work, when to go to the store, who to go to the store with, how to talk, how to speak, how to greet people. If you think about how some of you or some of us um, talk to our children sometimes when people come up to them even and uh, they say hello to your children. You're telling your children what to say. Say hello. Say thank you. Say you're welcome. Shake hands. Every single thing that they do is controlled by you. And that can be very, very frustrating as a child grows up. So allowing your child to make decisions, their own decisions on certain things, will lessen the probability of them actually going through those terrible twos. The other thing you want to do is listen to your child. So not only listening to your child's voice, right, what they say, but you also want to listen to their moods, listen to what they're not saying, how do they act after school? You know, you can ask your child all the time, what happened at school? They're always going to say fine, right? School was fine. School was good. But what you have to do is not always listen so much, but actually listen to their moods and see any ups or downs and find out what they may be upset about or find out about, find out what is giving them so much joy. 
Now, this goes along with keeping open and honest communication with your child. One of the things that I do in order to make sure that my son feels uh, open with speaking to me is I tell him about my day. So the first thing that parents do when their child gets into the car or gets home is they say, how was your day? And the child says, fine. And then sometimes there's some frustration on the parents end. And I know this from personal experience. How is school? Fine. And then you're kind of like, oh, like what else? Like nothing happened. Like what happened at school? Nothing. Nothing happened. Anything exciting happened at school? No, nothing exciting happened at school. So the way to alleviate this and what I have been doing for a long time, now it doesn't always work number one number two as they get older a lot of times they do get a little more shut off and you have to you know you're gonna have to bear with that so my son is probably 50 50 at this point where 50 percent of the time he says i'm fine because he's um entranced in one of his games or his friends or heading out for the day. And the other 50% of the time, he does tell me how his day is. Now, this makes me feel good because as talking to other parents, um, I do realize that at this age of 14 is usually the age when they cut off most communication with their children. Every single day, they get a fine when they talk about school. So one of the things that I have done successfully is I don't always necessarily ask my child how his day was, but what I do is I actually tell him how my day was. So the moment he gets home or the moment that I pick him up, I tell him something about the day, something that happened in my day. Hey, this really crazy thing happened at work. Hey, this really funny thing happened at work. Hey, my day was very stressful. Hey, and I tell the story of what happened. Now what this does is this teaches your child the importance of communication And so you have to realize that your child doesn't know anything other than what you are teaching them. So if you're teaching them that when you get home from work or they get home from school, you talk about your day, then it makes it a lot easier for him to follow suit on talking about his or her day. Does that make sense? Because you're teaching them that that's what you do. It's kind of like if you take your shoes off they will start to take your shoes off. If you don't take your shoes off when you get home, they won't take their shoes off, right? So whatever they see as being a habit is what they will do. So I started this again at a very young age. And my son is at the point now that if I forget or maybe I'm just so sidetracked or maybe I'm just so overwhelmed with work that I don't tell him what happened in my day, my son will actually ask me at the age of 14, how my day was. Did anything crazy happen at work? And he's a lot more open with what's happening at his school, with um, little drama things happening at his school, things that are going on with his teachers, homework assignments. He's a lot more open at the age of 14 than a lot of other children are at this age because I have trained him over the decade that what we do when we get home is we talk about things that are going on or things that happen in our day. So no matter how old your child is right now, if he's two or three or if he's six or seven or if she's 14, it doesn't matter. You can start this right now. Now, obviously, the younger they are, the better your results will be. But you cannot get frustrated with your child for not opening up about what's going on in their day if you are not opening up with what's going on in their day, in your day. Does that make sense? 
So you can't like get mad at your kid for not making his bed if you're not making your bed. You can't get mad at your child for not eating green beans at dinner if you don't eat green beans at your dinner. Your child is always watching you. So the best way to get them to communicate to you on a daily basis is for you to communicate with them. Does that make sense? So the other thing you want to do when your child is young, obviously, is to also teach them about body empowerment. So along with listening to your children right? And allowing them to speak and keeping the communication open. You want to constantly be aware of their mood. Like I said, there is nothing more empowering than teaching your child age appropriate body touching. And that goes with adults. That goes with students. You have to provide your children with the knowledge about personal boundaries that are happening with them. This is for males and females. I know a lot of adults, parents who have females for children feel a hypersensitivity to this. Uh, I know I felt this a lot growing up with my parents. There was always a uh, kind of a undertone of making sure that their children were safe when it came to being with adults alone or just adults in general. Uh, But this is also with boys at a very young age. You want to be always having open communication with your children about their body parts and let them know that you as a parent are the only ones that have the ability to be able to not only speak about their private parts, but also um, let them know that anybody else or any, um, I guess, I guess anybody, yeah, anybody who's touching them inappropriately in certain areas needs to be talked about with you and that it's okay. Now, the way to do this is to talk about it every once in a while. If you have a boy, talk about his penis every once in a while. Hey, how are you? How is your, you know, your body parts doing? I will directly ask my son sometimes, you know, how is your, um, your penis? How, you know, how is everything going down there in that area? Is everything fine? Anything going on? The other thing that I do a lot is, or did a lot, I guess, is ask. Constantly be asking, make it a part of your weekly or monthly um, conversation as if it's normal. Again, your child does not know what is normal and what is not normal. They are going to assume that speaking about their private parts with their parents is normal. They're going to assume that every other child is having this conversation with their parents. And a lot of times they're not, unfortunately. But if you make it open communication, an open conversation with them about their poops, about their... um their bowel movements, about any rashes, about growth, about hair, about pubic hair, how their body's going to be changing. If you're making that a a topic of conversation 
constantly within your household. They will feel more comfortable speaking to you about stuff that happens with their private areas. So make it known that you as a parent are the only ones that are able to have these conversations. Number one, The other thing that I always did consistently when my son was young, not so much now that he's older because I, you know, a lot less because he knows now, but I always used to tell him, listen, if there's anything going on with your private areas, with your penis or with your balls, you want to tell me because this is the thing. Either I am going to help you out and catch it preemptively, like if there's a rash or if there's something going on, if I can't help you out, then if it gets worse and you don't tell me about it, then you're going to have to have a strange doctor looking at your penis or looking at your balls or looking at the chafing on your thighs. So you want to make sure that your children feel comfortable speaking with you and let them know in order to kind of like I don't want to say threaten them, but kind of threaten them with the fact that if you can't take care of it, if they're not speaking to you about this issue, then you're go- it's going to get worse. And then they're going to have to go to the doctor and the doctor, a stranger is going to have to be looking at their private parts. Um, so I used to say, which would you rather? Would you rather tell me who's seen your penis and your balls all growing up when I was changing your diapers and helping you take showers? Or would you rather go visit your doctor who hasn't seen you as often, who you might maybe don't feel as comfortable with and having him look at it? And he always says the same thing. He always says, no, I'd rather tell you about it. So keep that open communication. You want to make sure that you know what's going on with your children's body parts and you want to know if anybody is touching them inappropriately. So keep all of that in mind. And there are so many websites um, that I visited when my child was growing up and with babysitters and stuff like that where I was a little more timid or frustrated with uh, the possibility of that happening. There are uh, many ways that you can uh, detect it and open up about conversations like that. And there's lots of websites that will help you um, Google that up and see uh, what information you can get. The other thing you want to do is allow your child to take risks. And this is so hard. This has been probably one of the hardest things for me as a parent is not always saying no. If you are a parent that's constantly telling your child no, you are actually stunting their growth mentally, okay? So you want to make sure that your child has the ability, again, to make decisions and to know what it's like to hurt themselves, if that makes any sense. So again, so like uh, to put this as an example, if your child is trying to climb a tree, trust your child to climb a tree. Don't sit there and tell your child no. Allow them to try. This again will help them feel more powerful. If they want to take, if they want to swim in the pool, right? Make them feel more powerful. Give them swimming lessons so they have the power over the water. 
Risking on purpose is important for your child to develop self-confidence. You have to hold yourself back, not your child, and allow them to explore the world. So what you want to do when you're doing stuff like this is you don't want to say no, right? And you don't always want to tell them to be careful, but what you do want to tell them to do, to be careful of, I guess in a way, is the possible consequence. So if they're about to touch a stove, instead of saying, no, don't do that, you're going to hurt yourself, you need to say, that's going to burn. That's going to burn your finger. You can burn your finger. Let them know the consequence. Now, if they don't understand, right, and they decide to do it themselves, that will teach them very quickly, right? So when I was growing up, I always used to play with the cigarette lighter in the car back when cigarette lighters were a thing. And my mom would always say, be careful with that. And I always thought it was so cool because you'd push it in and then it'd pop out and you look at it, it'd be all red, it'd be hot. And when it was cold out, I would like hover my hand over it. My mom would always say, be careful, that's hot, be careful, that's hot. And then one day, I don't know why, I was drawn and I stuck my finger inside to see how hot it was and it instantly burned the tip of my finger. I still remember it and I still actually have a little bit of numbness on my right pointer finger because of that. But to that, right, it hurt for oh, for weeks probably. It hurt so bad. It was so hot. Oh my gosh, just thinking about it right now it gives me the chills. But this is the thing. I never touched it again. So that's what you have to allow your children to be able to figure out is let them figure out uh, for themselves certain things in this world and uh, allow them to be able to create their own stories allow them to be able to uh, see their own limits and uh, teach themselves, um, you know, things that are good and things that are bad. And you want to empower them. So if you have a pool, make sure your child knows how to swim. Don't put a gate around the pool. Either take your child to swimming lessons or have someone come to your home to give them swimming lessons empower them with the ability immediately to be able to handle things in their lives. If you have a huge forest in your backyard, give your children the ability to be able to find, right? Uh, How to use a compass, how to use a watch, how to use the sun or the moon to know which direction they're going in, uh, to know about certain types of poison. You want to start uh, educating them immediately on certain things so that they have the power in their world and in their mind to be able to navigate their world. The other thing you want to do is you want to encourage your child's endeavors with words such as smart, amazing, strong, creative, talented. Now this is particularly with your daughters. Okay, you want to try not to focus on their physical appearance and instead focus on their talents and their creative pursuits. Always be talking to your children about how smart they are, how strong they are, how creative, how talented. Do not concentrate so much on how they look. 
because looks fade. And I see this all the time with middle schoolers, high schoolers, all the way up to my age. Individuals who are constantly told that they are beautiful or gorgeous and do not have a lot of pressure on themselves to live up to the ability that they are capable of in the educational area, a lot of times miss out. And it is so unfortunate because their entire lives, they were dependent on getting appreciation or getting noticed for how they look. So they do not put as much emphasis on how smart, intelligent, or creative they are. And then as they get older, they become lost souls because all that they were dependent on is their looks. Even if you look at something as simple as the movie stars or um, you know actors who are so dependent on how they look, a lot of these people are ruining their faces and their bodies with plastic surgery because their whole lives, their identity was based on how they look. So as they get older, they are losing that sense of empowerment because their whole lives was based on how they look. So do not do that same thing to your children, especially your females, your daughters. Concentrate on how smart they are, how creative they are, amazing, strong, fantastic, brilliant. Use these words with them with everything that they do. Make sure that they get positive feedback on the things that they they are doing correctly and constructive criticism on things that they may not be doing so well. Okay, make sure you are empowering your children with your words. The other thing you want to do is follow your children's interests. If they are interested in a certain subject, if they're interested in a certain sport, my child is super interested in soccer. So this year was his first year working. So I realized his passion is soccer. He loves watching soccer. He YouTube soccer. He plays soccer. So when he had the ability to be able to start refereeing and making money, he wasn't super excited about taking the test. He wasn't super excited about studying. He wasn't super excited about sitting online on the computer, reading and doing the audio for all of that. But I sat with him and I made sure he did it because I know it's something that he's passionate about and that he loves. And then he got a certificate and now he's able to actually referee the game that he loves and make money doing something that he actually has a passion about, something that he is interested in. So always make sure that you're staying supportive with whatever your children are saying, as long as it's within a limit, obviously, right? If they're doing something super dangerous, you don't want to support their drug habit, right? So, you know, obviously with good reason as a parent, um, you know, make sure you're supporting them in things that they are, that are healthy and good for them. Don't support their donut eating habit. You know, don't support the fact that they love, you know, snicker bars and buy them a bunch of snicker bars. Uh, within reason, right? Things that are healthy for them, allow them uh, to be able to do those things and support them in that. Um, 
The other thing is, uh, you know, encourage perseverance, encourage resilience and integrity. See, life is not always easy. And I believe that this is probably one of the things that I got reprimanded the most for as a parent is when my child would fall or when he would hurt himself, I was never, ever quick to run to his rescue ever to the point where I actually had a handful of comments over his lifetime from parents telling me that I need to be paying more attention to my child. And it wasn't that I wasn't paying attention to him. It was that when he fell or when he hurt himself, I needed him to know or have the confidence or the power to understand that he can take care of himself. He has the ability to be able to get up. He has the ability to care for himself. He has the power to, when he hurts himself, to still get up and acknowledge and also overcome the um, issue that happened. Does that make sense? So if he hurt himself, a lot of times, or even cut himself, I would maybe lead him to the bathroom, but I did not necessarily really ever, I mean, depending on actually put um, Neosporin or put uh, peroxide and then bandage it, I would give him the tools to be able to do it, but he would do it himself. If there was no blood whatsoever, I literally paid no mind to him at all. He got up on his own, he brushed himself on his own, and he kept playing on his own. I didn't even acknowledge the fact that he hurt himself. And what this actually did is this quickened his ability to be able to get over things very, very quickly. And this is what you want your children to be able to do. If you allow your children to constantly sit in the problem, if you notice this with your with children, parents who go to their children right away after they've been hurt, that child will sit there and cry and cry and cry for a lot longer than you know that they need to be crying. But if you leave your child alone and allow them to fix their own issue, the amount of time that they sit in that problem is a lot less time. And that's what you want your children to learn to do is to be able to see the problem, feel the problem and fix the problem immediately. You do not want them to understand or to know what it's like to sit in a problem. You want to teach them how to solve the problem. And a lot of times solving the problem is literally just getting up and moving on. Get up and move on. Get up and move on because that's what life is. Life is getting up and moving on. And if you do not teach them that at a young age, they are going to take that habit of being babied and needing to talk about it and needing to be coddled on until their middle school, high school, and adult years. You do not want them to do that with relationships. You do not want them to do that with their uh, teachers, with their friends. When they get hurt, you want them to be able to get up and keep moving, okay? So you want to encourage and model perseverance, resilience, integrity through all your daily activities 
and your conversations, okay? Teach them integrity, teach them that their word is everything, right? A good example of this was my son was playing soccer uh, two years ago. They literally lost every single game, every single game. And towards the end of the season, probably the third the, the third to the last game, my son literally wanted to quit. He wanted to quit. He wanted to not show up anymore. And he said, he's like, I don't want to go. Like, this is stupid. This is embarrassing. And the mother in me wanted to protect him from that embarrassment. But I told him, you can't do that. You have to hold yourself to your word. You said that you would play. You're going to play. He showed up for the game. They lost again. But see, that was the last time he said it. He showed up for the second to the last game. They lost again. And he showed up to the last game with integrity. And he even said at the last game, he said, at least we're trying. At least everyone on the team is showing up and at least they're trying. And at that point, he realized integrity. He realized the importance of keeping his word. And those are... um, Things that I do in his world consistently, and I encourage you to do that as a parent. All right. The other thing is simply another example as far as hurting themselves is stubbing a toe. This just happened recently, and that's why I'm using this as an example. Um, But when your child, like he bumped his toe, like you heard it so badly, Um, bumped his toe on the side of his bed. He fell to the ground, was super frustrated. I didn't even acknowledge it though. I didn't even acknowledge the fact that he hurt himself. I waited a minute or so, you know, walked past him, said, hey, are you okay? He said, yes, in a tearful (laughs) frustration, was hobbling around. And that was it. He was over it within a minute and a half and he moved on with his day versus, right, me going to his record, you know, going down, sitting down, looking at it, having to move it around, up and down. How do you feel? Maybe you should sit down. Let me help you over the couch. And he hobbles over the couch. By then, three minutes have gone by. See, he was already over it in less than a minute and a half, okay? So those are the type of things that I'm, I'm trying to explain to you and the type of things that you really want your children to be able to take into their adult life that will help them in their future endeavors as far as being a powerful human being uh, in his world, around his friends, his his or her um, relationships that they get into, and with their teachers. That's another thing. See, my child is so independent. He has... Uh, open email conversations with his teachers on how to get extra credit, how to get his grades up, that he's missing school. See, these are all things that I've instilled in him as he's been growing up and he's now taking those skills and he is openly and on his own now communicating and, um, and, and taking power over his world. And this is stuff that he was taught. This didn't come. Children don't automatically know that these are things that they can do. These are things that you teach them as an adult that are able to be done. 
So I certainly hope that you guys got some pointers out of this. Thanks so much for joining me here at my podcast, Human Better. Be sure to follow me here on SoundCloud under Sabrina Victoria and all of my social media platforms can be found under sabrinavictoria.com. Always healthy, passion-filled content here. I am here to support you in your dreams. Reach out to me anytime. I am always willing to hear and guide you to your passion. Much love. Thanks for listening. For more awesome spoonfuls of things only Sabrina can get away with saying, visit sabrinavictoria.com. And this is a reminder to follow Sabrina Victoria on Facebook for posts straight to your wall as soon as they happen.